Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson, and uh, special guest with me today, Jason McElwain, who I know is J-Mac, and uh, J-Mac and I connected through Coach Jim Johnson, um, who was in a past podcast of mine, and, and he shared some amazing wisdom on leadership, and um, of course, of course, of course, Coach and Jason know each other Uh because of their high school days together as, as Jason went to the high school, has a love for the game of basketball um, and never made the team and uh, had an amazing miracle happen in his life. And the, and the, this, the special thing about the story is um, Jason is autistic and, um, and, and it just, it, it made national headlines for the miraculous thing that happened in about four to three minutes left in the game. Um, I remember J Mac from the ESPN, you know, uh, the ESPN article they did on you. And, and gosh, I remember sitting there as a, a young 20 year old guy watching that story going, I don't know that there's a, a more amazing sports story in the world. You know, Rudy's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. But man, Jason, what you're doing and what happened for you was like, it was a miracle, man. And it opened the door for so many people to be seen and be heard. And, I, I think the most special thing about your story to me is I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last few weeks is the fact that you never quit because there were so many opportunities for you to just say, you know, I'm not, I'm not making the team. I'm not really getting playing time. I'm not, you know, we're, we're having some struggles here or there. And, and you could have done other things with your time, but you stuck with it. And all of a sudden the miracle happened. I think there's a, there's a powerful, lesson in that that if if the struggle comes we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel but if we stick with it if we just keep showing up if you will um god uses us to open those doors sometimes and 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 you persevered and did it so anyway jason take it away my friend tell us about yourself uh tell us about what you're doing currently and then let's let's get rocking well it's an honor blessing to be on your show michael it's a, it's a blessing and uh glory to god but anyways I'm Jason J. Mac McElwain. I was diagnosed with autism at the age of three years old. And the doctor told me I would never be able to walk, never be able to talk, never be able to put on a pair of shorts or underwear. I'm standing, aren't I? I'm talking, aren't I? Then I played every sport in the neighborhood, football, basketball, baseball, um, literally baseball growing up in, the, in my early years of life. Um, then when I got to middle school, I took up uh, cross-country track and basketball. And the first day I walked into Athena with my teammates and I walked into high school gym and uh, 
I saw that Coach uh, John Wallace, who played at Syracuse, was the last sectional championship at Greece Athena and the last state championship at Greece Athena still is currently. And uh, and I and me and my teammates said, that's going to be us someday. That's going to be us. We're going to be the next team that wins. Um, it's going to take some peaks and valleys, but uh, we're going to get it. We're going to get it done. Were you in junior high at this point? I was in junior high at this point. And you were on the team in junior high? I was cut from my middle school teams and freshman team. But then when I got to JV as a sophomore, um, I wasn't good enough to make the team. The coach Amorosa said, uh, you like my passion and work ethic. You want one to be to be a team manager. And uh, I'm, uh, I was honored to do that. I wanted to be a part of a program that's so special. And, uh, and coach Amorosa has been a dear friend and a dear mentor to me as a JV coach the most forgotten one throughout the whole thing and uh, the whole story. Um, my GV year, we, I got in one game and got fouled on a three to hit three free throws. Yeah. And, uh, and then my sophomore and junior year, we lose to our rivals in the sections, both at the buzzer to Arcadia. My senior, we made a pack, me and my teammates, going into my senior year and said, we're going to shoot 500 to 1,000 mix. We're going to finally get it done. And, the whole town of Greece um, came down on coach, uh, came down on Greece Athena and said, uh, Greece Athena will never win the big one. They're not mentally tough enough to play in the Blue Cross Arena. They're a good regular season team, but they're always an early exit in the second round. Um, and we, we had a lot of um, deck, the other naysayers saying that they, sh- they were calling for Coach Johnson's head to be fired. Um, a lot of that. And, uh, Senior year, the same thing happened again. Um, after my junior, I just was the team manager. My duties were as a team manager was to set up the clock, practice, run drills and practice, hand out water and games, and be enthusiastic. And I embraced that role. And uh, I wanted to do what it takes to win, win uh, to be our team to be successful and win a sectional championship. And I wanted to be the uh, uh, get the respect to my teammates. And I, uh, the whole school was like, "Why are you being a team manager?" And uh, you're never going to play. Why do you keep working uh, working on your game and you're never going to play? And I said, never know when your time is, your number is called and uh, you never know uh, when I'm going to be needed. So, but anyways. That's, that's, year- that's special. I got to pause you right there. That is a special thing right there. Cause a lot of, a lot of us young kids at that point in our lives will kind of quit. Right, because we're, it's like there's no chance for us. We're, we're gonna quit. So, t- were you like a gym rat at that time? I mean, you you go as a team manager, you're helping kind of coach, lift the team. Went to every offseason workout and all that. Um, then my senior year, we start out 500. Um, and going into our Christmas tournament against Fairport, uh, or no, uh, Christmas tournament championship game after we barely beat a team that was not very good the night before. I walk, we walked into our shooter. Coach Johnson walks in our shooter rounds and sits us all in the middle of the court and says, uh, I don't want to go tonight. <laughs> and we're like, we're looking at each other like, what coach would say this? Why? <laughs> Why? And uh, and then and further he went on, he had our eyes looking at him and say, uh, unless you can play as a team, unless you can play harder and tougher and care about winning uh, the team above you, we'll lose by 100. And uh, we ended up losing that game by only two. Fairport was number two in the state at the time. And, uh, but then we won eight of the last nine games. And it really brought 
working together. Um, we go into our senior night in, in sectionals, uh, no, it's senior night, and uh, we had to win the tie for the league championship. And uh, um, and uh, the whole six man who our fan section was great all year. They had uh, they were chanting my name throughout the whole warm ups and throughout the whole game. And our starters, uh, um, we built a twenty point lead with four minutes to go. My number was called. I go on the court. I didn't even know who I'm subbing for. <laughs> These were pictures of my uh, face on popsicle sticks. Um, it was um, nuts. I didn't even know who I was going for. I literally ran onto the court, took somebody out. Um, first shot was an air ball. Ugliest shot I ever shot in my life. <laughs> then I missed two layups miserably. I didn't even make a shot in warm-ups that day. That's... Um, then uh, I hit my first three with a foot on the line with uh, 312 left, and everyone went nuts. Um, then I hit three more in a row, three more threes in a row. Then I missed one. I hit three more in a row. Then I hit one at the buzzer. And after I was told not to shoot, we were up 20. Um, I fired it up anyway from beyond the three-point arc. And the whole crowd went out and, uh, went out and speared me at half court. Um, piled on top of me and lifted me up off the shoulders like we won the national championship college basketball. And the other team at Spencerport, uh, Coach Harder is a really good friend of mine uh, to this day, and they were in on the celebration um, after That's getting awesome. a bucket. Um, they were classy that night. Um, then after that game, um, parent, uh, uh, the Coach, the head coach was supposed to call the game in, and Coach Johnson told them I had 20 points. And in the DNC already told, uh, was called by parents saying you only had two points, and Coach Johnson said, No, he had 20. <laughs> I think it's going to get a really, he's thinking it's going to get a really headline about me in the situation. No, was, I was happy actually with the headline, and he wasn't. Um, the were Greece Athena ties, Greece Athena ties for the league title, and uh. Then he's doing the stats of the film, watching the game. And our film guy actually was uh, filming the crowd, filming everything outside of it. The coach trying to chart the game. He wasn't able to do that in the fourth quarter because he was filming everything. Sure. Then he was upset. He was getting upset about that. But then, um, so it didn't even get a headline in the paper. And then the, the whole school the next day wanted to see the tape. And coach did not do much teaching for the rest of the year after that. <laughs> uh, um, he uh, the the tape was shown in every classroom, even in the cafeteria, and everyone's telling us that the games can be shown on ESPN. And coach and I, coach looks at it and they're like, "Didn't even get a headline in the local DNC paper." Um, and then it only got a blurb. Okay, lo and behold, forty eight hours later, the tape was sent to our local fill- local media. They get a hold of it. They interview me, my family, and coach, and our team the next uh, 48 hours later. And because uh, we, we were going into February break, February week, February break, and it was our uh, sectional, uh, first week of sectionals uh, prep. And uh, we get, we after we interview with the local media, they, uh, one of them, John Kutchko, uh, our Channel 8 sports guy at the time, was saying, uh, we send this tape out to CBS. Uh, we're like, if it gets a national story, it'd be great. 
Oh, lo and behold, we have CBS calling, ESPN calling, ABC, NBC, CNN, Good Morning America, The Today Show, all in our section of practice like we're, in, like we're at a media day at the Super Bowl. Yeah. By that Wednesday, uh, we were, well, that Wednesday of that week, we practiced in the morning. We were in the gym for nine hours with multiple interviews, everything. Holy cow. 200 voicemails. We come home to calls at the house. <laughs> and was shown everywhere, even internationally. So coach had to kick the media out of practice after that to prepare. It was getting to be a distraction. And uh, I even went to our AD and I said, before any sectional game, I'm not taking the news. I just wanted to win. Yeah. And backtrack the night before my big game, two days before I get my jersey and coach said, I can't promise about playing time. I said, I just want to win. I just want to win sectional championship. And uh, then we go into our first round sectional postseason game against our rivals that beat us last two years. Every media person behind our bench. And uh, <laughs> we win that game by 30. They show our first round game on ESPN. Then we get to the semis where Athena's been 0 for 7 in the semis. Oof. Our stumbling block. We're playing against McQuaid. We're up 10 at halftime. Blew that lead going into the fourth quarter. We rallied. We um, win that game by 10. We finally get to the finals against Aronico. Our dream is right in front of us. Um, and every media outlet's at the Blue Cross Arena. First time ever in 20 years, oh, since 2003, they, our game is sold out for the sectional finals. Sold out. In a 10,000-people-hold 10, uh, arena. And uh, we play around according to we split with during the regular season. They're the one seed. It's first time for them getting there in like 64 years, 45 years. And, and us at Greece Athena, first time been there since 92. Well, tie game with 18 seconds ago. We run a side ball screen. Point guard gets the basket, almost loses the ball out of bounds. We get it to, we, he throws a one hand, unfundamentally sound pass to Steve Kerr, who is Greece Athena Steve Kerr, not the Golden State <laughs> coach, and win, one of the probably winningest players in the NBA ever. He hits the go ahead three with eight seconds to go. We get a stop on the other end. We finally did it. We finally won the big one. Um, the, the best feeling ever, bigger than the 20 point game when the media asked me after the game. And, Coach went the opposite way because it was his first time. Um, we lose in the first round of the states, but after that season was you couldn't, you could couldn't, you can never dream of anything like this. We go to the we coach and I were invited to the NCAA Final Four in March. So cool. We met with Billy Donovan, Seth uh, Seth Davis, uh, Greg Gumble, Mark Few, John Calipari. Um, we were at the George Mason suit around. I spoke to the Florida Gators uh, where they had Billy Donovan, Joe Kim Noah, Corey Brewer, Lee Humphrey. Um, it was their first time being there. I got to speak to the Florida Gators before the national championship game in the pregame uh, in their hotel room. And, oh, uh, how cool. 
it was their first time. And uh, Billy Don, who's been here, here in the pressure of football school at Florida, yeah. it was back to back champion national championships there. And, uh, and I um, also met big baby Glenn Davis, Adam Morrison, JJ Reddick. Um, then I got to the president Bush um, into Rochester later that later that month of March. Um, and I also met for, uh, uh, President 45, Donald Trump, at a autism fundraiser in New York City. And um, I've spoken 100, over 100 times around the country um, on Dreams Do Come True. Um, I get invited to the NBA Finals where I met Dwayne Wade, Shaquille Neal, Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. Mark Cuban, all those guys, Pat Riley. Um, got to go to the ESPYs where I finally uh, I met my boyhood idol growing up, Kobe Bryant. Kobe. I wish I could back to him. Um, and uh, got to meet him, Doug Fruity, Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, um, Bill Coward, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they wanted that drone, but drone Bettis, um, Heinz Ward, Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, they were in high school then, um, Lance Armstrong, um, Magic Johnson, um, uh, when he came to the school, um, and uh, also that year, I got invited to the Teen Choice Awards where I met Carmen Electra, Jessica Simpson, Ashton Kutcher, and I uh, got the Teen Choice Award there and I ended up winning an ASPE for Teen uh, for Best Sports Moment in 06. Um, yeah, and, and, and you beat, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately, Kobe, I'm sure Kobe was pleased with it, but you beat Kobe for yeah, the ASPE uh, Award that year. Yeah, very fortunate. Um, and I was going up against the George Mason team that I went to the shootout with that I and met Dakota Dow, who had another inspirational story with her mom having bone testicular cancer, and she was leading after two days in the PGA event at the age of 14. Wow. And the Press Radio Club local uh, dinner always brings a headliner in, and uh, I got an award that night with Alza Midas, who played at Penn State. Um, um, and the headliner that year was Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite quarterback of all time. Amazing. Uh, we shook hands and then there was a letter in, in his pocket he gave to me from the equipment staff inviting me to be an intern as an equipment manager that turned oh. into four and from four uh, summers. I got to be with Coach Dungey, Peyton Manning, Jeff Saturday. No Adam kidding. You no. Know, um, Bob Sanders, Dwight Franey, um, Robert Mathis, um, and Bill Poyne, the GM. And it was ironic because they were going through the same thing that we went through at yeah. Peter, um at the time. And uh, it was a year after Coach Dungy's son passed uh, passed tragically. And I got to speak to them at training camp that first year, and I said, and I told them our story. And lo and behold, I see him in Miami with the first Super Bowl. Yeah. And then I got invited to Robert, Robert Ory's foundation dinner and saw him win his seventh championship with the San Antonio Spurs. I've worked – Dozens of camps around the country, Snow Valley Basketball School being one of them, and uh, W. Harrison Barnes, who was in high school at the time. Since I was at Greece Athena, um, I coached for 12 years with Coach Johnson afterwards. And uh, since the program finally got over the hump, the floodgates opened once, and, and Jim and Coach Johnson duo. Luckily, we had so much talent and blessed with so many great kids and so much talent that was willing to play together. We won six of the last 12 sectional championships, went to eight of the last 12 sectional finals. Wow. 
went to the state finals in 2015. We only lost uh, four games the last four years, seven games the last four years. And we have a former player playing in the Houston Rockets G League affiliate in Anthony Lamb. Yeah, I just watched him at 24 last night and uh, led his team to the playoffs of the G Leagues. And he was signed with the Pistons. And, and we've had a lot of guys play at, the, play at the college level from there. I coached for 12 years at Athena for basketball. I'm a strength conditioning coach for Athena baseball and soccer. Um, the soccer programs, when, when we took over, had won a sectional championship. We went states that first year when we were under 500. And we won four of the last six sectional, seven sectional championships over there. Uh, for soccer, and uh, now I'm coaching at North Star Christian Academy. I coached at Spencerville for one year and Hilton JVs for two years, Nazareth College for two, three years. I'm also a marathon runner. And five years after high school, I said, uh, "So I'll never." Uh, after high school, I said, "I'll never run again." After I ran six years of cross country <laughs> track, along with basketball. Well, five years later, I'm saying, "I'm going to run. I'm going to finish a marathon." Another goal, athletically. Lo and behold, uh, six months later, I ran my first half an hour and 24 minutes. Then I went home and looked on the internet and see what the qualifying time is for standard for the Boston Marathon is. It's three hours, five minutes. I'm going to go for it. And the naysayers said, yeah, you're going to do that in the first marathon? Three hours, one minute, 49 seconds. And then I did three hours, 54 seconds of my first two marathons. I go to Boston the year, uh, year after the bombing hmm. in 2015. Now I'm trying to break the three-hour barrier. And the naysayers said, oh, you're going to do that on that much, uh, that tough of a course? No way. You're nuts. Well, lo and behold, 275. <laughs> um, and I met Teddy Bruski, Doug Fruity, um, uh, Meb won it that year. First American in probably about 15, 15 years. Um, it was just amazing being at the start. I think that was the hardest accomplishment ever. Um, Flyover, Jets Flyover, National Anthem being played, um, music's playing, the fans are going nuts on both sides of the road. Um, it was just amazing um, and emotional being there uh, the year after the bombing. And uh, my best time ever was 253.23 in Buffalo. I run 16 marathons, um, 20 half marathons, and five ultras. During COVID, uh, May 31st, uh, I decided to, because everything was taken away, we, I needed, this is where I needed to come to Christ in some way. And a friend of mine, a running friend of mine, died tragically a year, uh, two years ago, this coming May. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I go to the church for the funeral and I see the fellowship there. Then I, then I come back again from the National Day of Prayer with a friend of mine who's a nurse at Unity Hospital that guided me through what actually is going on with COVID versus the media and turned, told me to turn off the TV and all that. I go there and I'm like, this is what I need to do. I need to find a way to come to Christ. And uh, well, lo and behold, May 31st, my pastor and him sat in his office and were like, he goes, have you ever asked Jesus to save you? And I was like, I've asked Jesus to save others. And I said, uh, we went through the process, and I said, you just accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, on May 31st, and I was baptized on June 28th. And I wrote a new goal down, is to teach Bible to the youth as another avenue uh, to motivate young people and to preach God and uh, to have God in your life. And Jesus is the Son of God. And as John 14 one says, um, 
let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. And then I haven't drank a beer or heavily, heavily since March of last year. Ephesians 5.18 says, um, be not drunk with wine, where it acts as be fulfilled with spirit. And people say church, and, and I've gone to church every Sunday and every Thursday since. And um, the Fellowship of Faith Bible Church uh, has great teens and it's great uh, fellowship and a great pastor, a great leadership team. It's just unbelievable. And uh, the head coach at North Star and I go to the same church. We became really good friends and uh, son's basketball player for him. And they've just been a blessing. And J.J. Garwood, uh, the head coach at North Star, and it's an honor to coach alongside him. He's built a good program there. He just surpassed 250 wins and his son scoring his thousand points. Wow. And it's a, and North Star's just been a blessing. Um, it's a school that actually preaches God, brings you, brings you to the walking with the Lord more than anything in the world. Um, that's what we need. And in, uh, in public education right now does not preach that. And I think that God needs to be back in all schools. Um, in my personal preference, and uh, we, and I believe now we we walk by faith, not by sight. It's just a a blessing. And uh, my advice is, uh, success is not an accident. Success is actually a choice. Greatness is earned, not given. The evil of excellence is good. Good is the enemy of great. And the points I want to make today is: be a team player. Star in your own role, because anything, the little things, a, a loud bench. Uh, lifts your team up on the court, diving for loose balls, boxing out, talking on defense. It's just playing with that energy fuels your team. And uh, the worst thing that drives me nuts, and it drove me nuts after our first loss this year, the guys were worried about minutes over what we had to do to win, and that drove me absolutely miserable. And we met with all of them afterwards, and uh, now they're starting to understand it, and they uh, let's see how we respond in the sections. And hopefully it continues and clicks. And we only have one week, one week left to be disciplined and do that. Um, and we're playing for home court today. So, I mean, it's uh, just been a blessing. The goal setting, as you said, is stretch goal, long-term goal, and long-term goals in your dreams. And then you write a plan to strive for them and worked hard and stay the course for it. And you live present, play present. Amen. Man. Jason, I feel like I just drank from a fire hose for about 25 minutes right there. <laughs> that was awesome. So, so I, I got I to gotta come back to a couple of pieces of these, and I want you to talk a little bit more about them individually. But first of all, what an incredible story. And, and I love that you end it with, not end it, but like kind of get to the point where it's like, I found the Lord. Like all the stuff you went through, all the people you named, all the amazing experiences you went through, and the pinnacle of all of it is finding the Lord Jesus Christ, to connecting with God, and really understanding your purpose. I didn't understand it back when I was 17. That, um, I mean, because my head coach, J.J. Garwood, um, on my 15-year anniversary, uh, texted me this after and said, like, oh, he was talking with a friend of his, and usually so, no one ever scores 20 points in, in that amount of time. <laughs> yeah, especially after and, shooting an air ball. <laughs> and he said to me, um, God had, God put you in that situation and it clicked with me then. Um, because yep. you can have uh, any, a lot of talent players don't do that in that no. amount of time. No, and, uh, and I did play in a semi pro game for the Razor Sharks in 12. Fun. Um, um, but uh, and you just you just never uh, 
you just never know. It was just one of those games where I was just hot as a pistol that night. But God, put me <laughs> in that seat. And I give glory to him in every success and failure now. So, Amen, man. And I, so that quote, I was hot as a pistol. That's what you said to ESPN. That was like, or they, they caught you that saying to that after the game to somebody that was talking to you. So hot as a pistol. I love that. Um, you, Jason, you, you don't just get thrown. So first of all, again, you didn't even make the team. You didn't make the high school team any of the years that you were in. Coach Johnson always brought you on as a team manager. You were, in a way, you were like the hype man. You were like the guy that, like the glue to the team that got everybody excited, kind of kept, kept everyone believing, if you will. But like that opportunity doesn't ever happen to anybody. I've never heard of that in my entire life. And when you go into a game with four minutes left and you've never shot a shot in high school ball, like, and, and, and this was not set up. I, I think that's an important thing to talk about real quick too. This was not staged. You, Coach Johnson, as he told the story, like he did not say to the team, you need to make sure you pass it to Jason. We just got to get him a bucket. He didn't do that. And, and this, and even, even the crowd, like they, they didn't know for sure if you were going to get in or, or not. Um, you guys are up, he puts you in. And the, and the thing that just blows my mind is number one, all the walls that stood in your way to get to that moment and be prepared to actually be put in the game. Meaning you got cut from the team. They always asked you to come back, but at some point a kid, usually a kid that's younger like that says, I feel like a failure. Like I'm trying. Why am I wasting my time? Like I'm never going to make the team. I'm nobody, whatever. You keep showing up, man. You keep showing up. You keep lacing them up. Coach, the time, the call comes, the minute comes. He gives it before the game. He gives you a Jersey. He says, be ready. I can't promise you, but be ready. He puts you in the game and you get in there. And the first shot you shoot is an air ball. And, it, like not even close and, and no worries, but like to, to a normal guy, even a guy that's on the team playing every single game, you shoot a shot like that, the end of a game getting put in and, and chances are you're feeling low and you're not going to shoot again after that. Cause you're like, oh, I want my teammates to shoot. No, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, but it keeps coming to you. You keep firing and there you go, man. Well, I, I give a lot of credit to my teammates on the court and on the bench. I mean, like, I tell our guys, athlete, all my teams uh, that have coached any sport, um, especially the soccer team at, um, at Athena that we went to the state finals uh, last year. We've been to two state finals since we've been there. And uh, when, the, when, we're, when you're blowing out a team and the starters are on the bench, I want to see how you respond cheering for your teammates. Because in a blowout, Stars on the bench are like sometimes like laugh, uh, laugh and giggle around. Um, that team um, would cheer for their star, cheer for their bench players, and lift them up. And I always said that I say that to every one of my teams, including this year's North Star team, which I I want them to do as well. Um, and uh, back to my night. Well, before the game. Our best player, who was a sectional MVP, took my body and jacked me up against the wall in the locker room and said, you are not passing the ball when you get in the game. <laughs> and I just, it, like, he literally threw a, and he, like, he's throwing, like, a, like, he's yelling at me even before the game. <laughs> and they're like, oh, and I'm just listening. I had nothing to say to it. And, um, and I'm like, okay. 
And but the second team had uh, heads. We had talent on our second team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and normally those guys don't. Uh, they want to get. They want to get theirs when they get in the game. They were just so willing to give up themselves to get these shots. For them to do that, I give them every amount of respect at all times. I love it. And like here, I'll give you another story. And I want you, guy on the air. I want you to get Anthony Lamb on the air. Okay, let's do it. He uh, he's also come to Christ as well. Um, he had, he didn't meet his dad till the freshman year of college. But anyways, the story with him and uh, the NBA uh, this year, um, he gets cut by the Pistons. Then he gets sent to the G, uh, Canton Charge G League team, and uh, didn't see any minutes at all. They trade him to the Houston Rockets affiliate, the Grand Rapids uh, Vipers. They were one and six in the last place in the league. Now they're nine and six going into the playoff bound. No he's at, at 32, 24, 13, and 11 in those six games he's played. And, uh, and, and he stuck with it. And he just stuck with it. He's trying to go get his dream. And uh, now, they're, now he's in the playoffs and gets whatever games he gets left. Um, he gives him a chance to show what he can do to maybe get an opportunity in the NBA. So that's it. And, and, and that's a great tribute to him. That's um, awesome. So, but anyway. J-Mac, I, I, I just feel like, you know what, I'm listening to you and I'm like, first of all, connect me to, 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 to Lamb. Tell me his first name again. Anthony Lamb. You Anthony should Lamb. look him. Yeah. I, I will for sure. That's, that's an so incredible he's story. He's resource for him too. Yeah. So. That's an incredible thing. So, um, I, I, as you're, as you're sitting, you're telling your story, I'm thinking of like David versus Goliath, right? Okay. First of all, as a kid, you at three years old, you got doctors telling your parents, this kid, he'll probably never pull his pants up. He'll never do these things that other kids will do sports, learning, education. Like he just, he won't be able to do those things. Um, and and I, I'm interested about your parents as well, because I know for sure that your mom and dad are an amazing story and we'll come back to that. And so hold on just a second, but for, for you, um, it's that story of David and Goliath, man. Like, like think about that for a second. I mean, here's this guy giant, right? They, they have, they're at, they're, they're like, he, 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 who will challenge me, right? Who will challenge me? This big dude. And, and you've got this amazing army and nobody is willing to step up to the plate here. And here comes this little shepherd boy and, and, and they ask him and he's like, okay, I got this. All he got, all he has is a sling and stones, but he's ready. He's ready. And, and when he, when he fills the call, he steps up and he trusts, he trusts that something is there that he's put in the effort he's prepared and, and, and somehow some way the miracle is going to happen. And, but, but the important part is, he showed up, he stepped up. He, he was there when the call came, that's what you did. And, and as you go on and share the rest of your story, you talk about the Indianapolis Colts, right? The year, like they'd been hitting their barrier for years and years. You talk about, you know, Florida and, and just all these things, right. And, and you're able to speak to all these groups, but here you are, this young man that went against all normal natural tendencies of most human beings. And what I mean by that is when people tell us no, or we don't get those opportunities that come that we've worked for, 
naturally we kind of have have a we kind of withdraw we kind of say i'm going to throw in the towel you know i i just i guess i'm not good enough we start to question ourselves we start to have shame because you know darn it i'm not good enough but you stuck with it you didn't know that moment would come but you prepared as if it would and when that moment came you were ready and because of that the door open and God used you to not only open the door for autistic kids to have greater opportunities, but like for all the rest of the world to look at you and go, man, I need to stick with my dreams. I need to stay with it because look what can happen. Look what Jason did. Look what God used Jason to do to show so many of us that, Hey, show up, stay there. Just because you're told no one time doesn't mean you need to take it personally. Keep showing up. Keep working hard. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's just stay the course. Um, I don't take no for an answer. And it's I got that from both my parents uh, that um, once you get knocked down seven times, you're going to get up eight. Tell me about your mom and dad. Tell me, is it okay to let me know their names? Uh, Debbie and uh, Deborah McKinley. They're just, uh, they're toughness as parents. Uh, we might disagree on a lot of things. But- <laughs> Uh, but their their fire really uh, instilled in me um, to be a fighter, to work hard for everything, everything you get, to fight for fight for what you believe, um, to not be a, a sheep, to be a lion, sort of way. Did they ever tell you that you couldn't put on your pants, that you couldn't play basketball, that you couldn't play sports? No, they, um, I saw my brother playing sports. I filed suit, but, um, he, um, no, they, this, they wanted, they wanted me not to be excluded just because I was autistic. They believed in you. Yeah. They wanted you to have all, anything you wanted, they stood with you. And I, I remember coach Johnson telling me about after the game, your mom's not very tall. Is that correct? No. Yeah. And, and so after the game, he said that she was walking through the crowd and just kind of like making a beeline to, to you and then to, to him as well. And what a special moment that must've been for her. But my friend, you've, you've, because you didn't quit because you kept showing up because you trusted in all the time and effort you put in and trusted in yourself. I, I, yes. miracle, miracles have happened because of you, of, of you doing that. And that's a voice to the rest of us to, to show up and do the same. So anyway, let's, let's keep going a little bit. Um, tell me why, tell me, because I know those moments came for you, Jason, especially in high school. I'm sure that those voices were there. Those can't do like, what is it about you when you faced those no's or those moments of like, I'm not good enough. What did you say to yourself in those moments? Well, I, I just kept, I just fought through it. It was a competitive instinct in me that I am go- I am doing what it takes to get to where I want to go. I'm not there right now. Just because I'm not there right now doesn't mean I'll never get it, right? And everything to you out of your mouth is a sense of team. I don't I don't sense to you individually. Like, yeah, you've talked about some of the amazing things that have happened since, and that's a personal thing. But when you're talking about the games and stuff, I don't. I hear team. All I hear is team. You said a quote that I think in a marriage, in a family, like we should all like really own this quote. You said, be a team player, star yeah. in, in your own role. I think about yeah. that. 
yeah. husband, do your thing. Like your role star in that wife, your role star in that um, yeah. children, your role star in that. And if everybody will focus on their role and what, what is, what they need to accomplish in their role and get better at that, man, that whole team just improves. Everybody gets better in their own roles as well. Tell me about team to you. What does that mean? Well, I've always wanted to win um, more than anything in the world. And, uh, and there was a figure out any way I can help the team win. Um, like, like as a coach and I've been in this, the role of an assistant coach is very vital. Uh, I don't think it gets recognized enough. Um, players go to the assistant coach and vent to them before they go to the head coach about issues. And, uh, you actually spent, you're actually more of a voice for the players in it because players in it than you are with a head coach. And also, the role of assistant coach, put yourself in the head coach's shoes and say, well, this is what I would do um, if I was you, uh, take it or leave it. And your job is to get, not be a yes man and give your opinions. Um, just be a yes man. But you're, you have to make sure you're, uh, as an assistant, to uh, make sure you control your bench uh, during a game. Um, making sure they're being team players and not hear not hearing any of the negative stuff about time and all that. Or and also be the positive guy when your head coach is being the negative guy. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh that I, you know I think that's one of the reasons why coach told me that he just loved having you with the team is because like with all those divisional championships that you lost seven in a row, I think that that was the year before your, your senior year where coach said, we've got to, you know, we, we got to do this, whatever. And, and the team was kind of down and you stood up and it was like summer, you stood up and you were like, we're going to do this coach. Like your can do attitude. And listen, you weren't even like one of the main star players on the team. You didn't make team. You were a team manager, but, but still if part of the team, but you stood up and you were like, we're going to do this coach. We hear you. We're going to do this. We're going to work hard for you. I wanted it more than some of the starters on the floor. He'll tell you that. Um, and then I was a coach. I was, sometimes I want it more than the players do, and that can be frustrating. Because <laughs> coaching is probably about 60% out of your control. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell them all the right things. Does it mean they're going to be capable to do it? Eh, it's 50-50 with, with high school kids. <laughs> And kids nowadays want the highlight real play instead of making the simple play to win. Good call. Yeah. So tell me how you infuse using the Bible and truth in your training of the kids. Why, like in your coach, not just like in their personal lives, but in your coaching as well. Well, there's peaks and valleys. You're going to go through peaks and valleys. Um, and, and there's tribes and tribulations. And and you got to give glory to God and uh, to get you through those tribes and tribulations. Amen to that. Is there, is there a favorite story that you like to use when you're talking to the kids from the Bible? Um, like uh, there's my, like I said, uh, um, like John 14, one is my favorite verse yeah. and, uh, and John three sixteen as well. And, uh, and I, the Tim Tebow three three John three sixty uh, Steen story where he used Philippians four thirteen through Christ all strengthens me yeah. and uh, 
do all things through Christ is all strengthened. Yep. And, and he used that verse on his eye black all year. And then he changes it the day before the national championship game. And he told everybody in his family before he told his head coach, who's very superstitious at Urban Meyer. Urban <laughs> Meyer didn't understand that because um, Urban Meyer was not happy with him at the time. And then he, <laughs> then, he, then he understood it. They won the game. And Tim Tebow uses John, John 316, which like had like 5 million views on YouTube. Yeah. After, and Tim Tebow was like, I don't think anybody knows what John 316 was until he, uh, till the, till they use the Bible. on it. Yeah. Do you, did you, have you ever met Tim? No, I want to. Yeah. He's a great man. Yeah. I just love what he does in his life. Tell me, um, in those moments of no's, all those dark times, those, those tough nights, and I don't even know if you looked at them as dark. I just felt, I feel like you have the mindset where it's like, I can, I can do anything. I just need to stick with it. But in the toughest moments where maybe Jason, the nose or the, I don't know if I can do this anymore came to you, those voices, what did, like, what's the gift that you received as you persevered and you pushed on? Well, the gift that I received is um, like, is a competitive instinct. And getting up the next day and trying to find a different way to accomplish these goals. And one thing I'm not very good at is I'm not a very good loser at all. Still am to this day. <laughs> uh, I hate to lose more than love to win. Yeah. I told, uh, I told the coach Johnson, when he gets out to Utah next time, I'm going to take him out and we're going to play some pickleball. So I'd like to see you lace him up and get out here with him. We're gonna go. We're gonna go take it to the court. We'll we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm getting old. Pickleball's for old people, Jason. So, um, I I think this has been amazing, and and I just feel like you know, Jason, you and I, um, we we recorded once before, and and the audio just didn't come through. Um, I tried really hard to kind of save it, put it all back together, and and your message was astounding there as well. But I, I just feel like when I reached out to you knowing that that had happened, um, the only thing you said to me is let's do this. I don't make a commitment without getting it done. And I was like, I just stepped back and I'm like, man, this guy, this, this, that's to me. It's not that you went in a game, you shot an air ball, you missed a couple shots and then you, you hit three in a row, missed one, hit three more. That's not it. Like, that's amazing. That is, that is spectacular. That's a special moment for sure especially with someone that, you know, is diagnosed with autism and told you can't do anything. That's miraculous. But it's the fact that you just continued throughout your life to show up and go after the dreams and goals that you had for yourself. And it wasn't always, a, it wasn't just about you. You kept it about team. And um, I think there are, there are so many things about that about your life, so many principles that we could take. And if we'd apply those to ourselves, we'd have a lot more happiness and we'd have a lot more personal success. Do you, Jason, do you have a book? Yeah, it's called The Game of My Life. Uh, it came out in 2008. Um, actually, you can, I wish we wrote, you can write the story about how it was done. It took a, a year and a half to get done. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's on Amazon. And, awesome. and I'm the ambassador for Autism Up. If you guys want to donate now, go on autismup.org. Yes, absolutely. So now, do you have a personal website too? If any of the listeners want to connect uh, with you, it's not updated. It's called uh, J. Well, I, my Instagram is uh, jmac2500. My Twitter is jmac5220. Inspired jmac5220. 
um, my Facebook is Jason J. Mac McKinley. Awesome, man. And, and, and I encourage my listeners to go and, and connect with you, Jason, because the things you post, um, on Instagram and, and your social media outlets are very inspiring, uh, very much like full of God and truth and Hey, this is what it's all about. So if, if you don't mind, um, last thought, you know, just two more things, it, share, share maybe a last thought with my listeners, um, about never giving up is something along those lines of, of just like those people that want to quit life and, and, and are, are hate sure. themselves. They're in shame, something about that. And then, and then if you don't mind end with, end with your, your witness of Christ, if you don't mind. Well, people who try and fail are more superior. People don't try at all. And, uh, and never, never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I love it. You're a good man. Thanks Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for your time, Jason. And and let's stay in touch. You and I, I, I feel uh I feel very grateful that I met you, but I I've never been in Utah. So yeah, you gotta get out of here, man. Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight the Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com.